Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. This is more than a preach, if I can be honest. If I, I was praying and, and, and asking God, what would you have me to speak? And, and I really felt like this was a significant moment in time. If there's one thing that I wanted to speak before I leave, I really felt I didn't want to preach and teach, though I will a little. I wanted to minister, and I wanted to, to be able to provide an atmosphere where we encounter God himself, because that's what changes us. He does. And so this morning, I'm just going to um, kind of open some things up, share a bit of my story, and help us to be able to encounter and connect with a very living God. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen. amen. Okay, so the title of my message today is, I Can See Clearly Now. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to have this little fake plant, and you would press the button on this little pot and this little plant, and there was a song that would play, and it was, I Can See Clearly Now. Does anybody remember that song? You're going to have to help me sing it. I am not like Lindsay or Annika. It's not going to be pretty if you don't help me. Um, but do you remember the song? It's, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all the obstacles in my way. It's going to be a bright, bright, come on, bright, shiny day. Come on, yeah, you got it. Thank you. That was hard for me. <clears throat> um, but it reminded me that I loved that song and I loved waking up to it when I was a kid. And, and I thought how prophetic even it was raining outside. And now the sun has come out. And that's what the picture that I want to give us today. Sometimes we go through hardships in life and things look cloudy. And we start to look at the raindrops and we start to look down instead of up. But God wants to remove the obstacles in the way. God wants us to be able to see clearly, not just the world and the people, but him. See through the eyes of Jesus. And when we do, we encounter the most beautiful, wonderful God, and it becomes the most beautiful, bright, shiny day. And that's the kind of life we should live. So John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. Now, the thief, the enemy, the devil, he's really good at his job description. He has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That is his mission. That's what he does. That's what he thinks about. He, he, he lies to make this thing possible. In the Bible, it says that, that Satan is the author of lies. So that's what he's doing. He lives in that world. But then I also thought, but God is also really good at his job. God is very good at being God, and he says that we will have life and life to the fullest. So at some point, when we have a collision with God, it means we have a collision with truth that overrides every lie that the enemy is trying to make us believe. And today, God is going to uncover some things that maybe has altered the filters and the perspective of our life that we are seeing through, and he's going to help us to see himself and the world clearly again. Can I get an amen? 
you know, I know a little something about uh, the devil lying and scheming. Uh, just last week on Thursday, <laughs> I got this text message, and it was a text message from the Bank of America. And um, that's the bank that I bank with. And it said, um, there was an alert, and it said, there's a new payee added to your account. And it's this much money. Did you, oh, did you add this person to your account, or did you add this new account? If not, call this number. Seems quite legit. You know, sometimes the credit cards and stuff, they'll be like, have you made these purchases? If not, call this number. So, of course, I'm going about my day. It's a busy day. I'm, there's 100,000 things happening. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going on a trip soon. I can't have things mess with my bank account. Let me be responsible. Let me call. So in the middle of all the chaos, I contact this number. It comes on, it says it's Bank of America, it says press one for this, two for this, three for this, so I'm thinking totally normal, pressing the buttons, doing my thing, and then all of a sudden, um, it says enter your card number. And, and to be honest, I would have entered my card number, had my card out, but in that moment, the card literally fell out of my hand. And because you're my family members, this was happening while I was driving. Because um, <laughs> as a woman, you multitask like a fiend. It's just the way it is. And so I'm driving, I'm calling, and I've got this card that has now fallen out of my hands. Well, I can't grab it because I am a responsible driver, somewhat. And so... I'm like, oh, and so then by the time I couldn't like put it in, so then it goes right to customer service, which I kind of found odd. And then the customer service gets on the line and they launch into this whole story of was, did you make this? Did you open up this? No, 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 no. And they're like, it looks like someone has stolen your identity and they're opening up accounts in all over Texas and, and they're in a, a ring that is involved with Mexico. And I mean, the story was outlandish. $45,000 under your name, this whole thing. And as I'm listening, I'm starting to feel this little check in my spirit. Like, what? Like, that seems like, what? And so um, they kind of get to the end, finally, and they're like, so what we're going to need to do is go over all of your accounts, and we're going to need this information from you. And then I just wised up just a little bit, and I said, you know what? If somebody has stolen my identity, the last thing I'm going to do is give you all of my numbers and information over the phone. I'll walk my little self right into the Bank of America and find out what's really going on. And when I said that, the guy on the phone said, you're going to go into your bank? And I said, yes. He said, you can do that. Click. And I thought, 95% sure that was just a scam. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, this close to being fully duped, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, but thank God that I remembered after that moment, I'm a tither. I have, the Bible says in Malachi, I bring all the tithes into the storehouse and the Lord will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. Do you think it is coincidence that that card fell out of my hand? I think a little an angel in heaven just did that personally. I mean, he was my protector. I found that God pursues us more than we think. And he's trying to get his word and his covering to us, to us more than we know. More than how the devil is working with his little schemes and lies. And did you know this about lies? The Bible says in Proverbs 12, 19, truthful lips will be established 
forever. But a lying tongue is credited only for a moment. Did you know that? The Bible says that God's word lives forever. God's word remains in Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. How amazing is that? So a liar and a schemer, those words are going to fall to the ground. Oh, they might make a big splash and a big old drama, but guess what? They'll be discredited before we know it because it's not the devil's words that remain. It's God himself. Can I get an amen? Billy Graham said this, it is far better to know God's truth than to be ignorant of it. If we don't know the word of God, if we don't know God himself, then we don't know what rights we have. And also, in the moments that we are in our most vulnerable state, that is when the devil comes with his lies. At the point of pain, at the point of vulnerability, whatever vulnerability it is we have, that's when the devil comes. And that's why the Bible tells us to guard our hearts. We become easily susceptible to the devil's lies when we don't know the truths of God. Does that make sense? And why does the devil go out of his way? He goes out of his way to lie to us because he's wanting to plant seeds in us to begin to question God's realness. He begins to get us to start to question that with, if, if, if there is, if my future is not bright, if God's promises are not true, then it becomes so much easier to believe a lie from the devil. He did it with Adam and Eve. Did God really say? If he begins to get us to question God's validity, God's promises, God's word to us, then we are susceptible prey to the lies that he's trying to bring us. Because the truth is, without God, there is no truth. And if there is no truth, then we fall under the lie. Make sense? But praise God that God's word is true, that his word does remain. In fact, the, the, the devil doesn't want us to know that every word of God proves true, Proverbs 35. The Holy Spirit leads people into the truth, John 16, 13. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall, shall oh wow, let's do that again, church. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. There's freedom in the truth of God. There's freedom when the lies are exposed, and we begin to see clearly who God is and what his word is to all of us. Helen Keller, born in the 1800s, I love her story. Um, at 19 months, she was stricken with what they believed to be scarlet fever, which left her blind and deaf by age 10. Well, uh, it's left her blind and deaf. So imagine, there she is going through life as a child. All she, as a child, all she knows is blindness and deafness. But by age 10, she becomes proficient in reading Braille and manual sign language. And then she learns how to speak. What an extraordinary, persevering woman. She then becomes a world-renowned writer and lecturer. And she said this. And I love it. She said, the only thing that is worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. And then she said, the best and the most beautiful things in the world can never be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. This touched me because 
I truly believe that we can know about God. We can even have knowledge of God. We can recite the word of God. But at some point in our life, that head knowledge has to connect to our heart for true life and true hope to make a connection. That's the reality of God. Not just that I know about him, but I know him. That changes everything. An encounter with God, understanding the reality of God, we go from head knowledge to heart knowledge, and then connected, we can move forward. I know that when I went through a really hard time in my life, um, I, I realized, and I could tell you a lot of different stories, to be honest. You know, there are many times we go through hard things in life, right? All of us. We've all faced different things in life. But I wanted to bring you something a little bit more, more recent, just to get us to be able to connect um, into what I'm saying. And I was thinking about it, and about a year and a half ago or so, um, I had gone through a, a breakup, and it wasn't so much about um, even the breakup about the man so much, but afterwards it was like the dream, you know, and it had been so many years and all the things, and, and I thought, well, I can get through it. It's just going to be, it's, everything's fine, and then six months later in early this year, um, I just started to kind of really begin to process and kind of uh, begin to feel the effects, not just of that relationship, but then kind of all the previous, and I just was like, God, how did this happen to me? How is this my life? Ever been there? Like, not my story, but your own life how did this happen? Or something else comes into your life that happens out of the blue, and you're like, how is this part of my story? This was not what I expected. This is not how I thought it was going to be. And I started to have those questions. Now, those can be normal questions, but when we're in a place of vulnerability, remember, that's where the devil comes, prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I found myself hearing the words of the enemy. I found myself hearing the devil just constantly chatter in my head. I would sit and listen to messages, and I would hear this voice saying, it's true for everyone, but not for you. And then I would hear, yeah, the, the, the principles and the promises of God are yes and amen, but why not in that part of your life, Stacy? Why in all the other parts, but not that part? Now, how many people know when we begin to kind of go down that path, and even though I myself, I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor, I know how to bind the devil and tell those things to leave, and I would and I did. I was doing all of those things, but it just was relentless. It was like I just couldn't get it to stop. And even in the areas where I would generally find refuge, it seemed like the devil was there too. Everywhere I went, and it started to get tired living that way. Now, I didn't fall out of Christianity. I, I realized in that season that there is no substitute. There is nothing that could ever bring me what I was looking for except for Jesus himself. I knew I would not find what I was looking for out in the world. I knew what I was looking for was not found in a bottle or in a drug. I knew what I was looking for was not found in a million affirmations from people. I needed Jesus himself. I needed his word in my heart. I needed an encounter with him that could change and would change everything.
how do we know sometimes we're in that situation? Things seem cloudy. We can't see our way forward or we can't see our next steps. There are voices that seem to contradict the voice and the word of the Lord. There's pain and sadness that just seemingly won't lift. There's irrational thoughts. When we go through these times, we have these thoughts sometimes, maybe just me, and it's like, oh, I'm going to change everything. And thank God, don't make big decisions when you're in a moment like that. But also, we have to not allow our minds to go down those little trails that are going to take us to places we never want to to go. And I was in a place where I just couldn't seem to get authority over it. And so I, um, after doing all the things that I knew to do, um, and even though my head knew all the right things, I needed an encounter with God that would connect my heart. And so I, I fasted. Um, when we get desperate, we need to be, get more desperate for God. When we get desperate, make sure that we get desperate for God. No prescription, no substitute will compare. And so in that moment, I decided to fast. And I fasted for a couple of days, and then I prayed. And I said, God, who should I ask to come alongside me and to help me journey this out? I want to connect with you. And it's an amazing thing to do that. Sometimes we need to have somebody come alongside of us when we can't seem to break through ourselves. Sometimes that's a friend. Sometimes it's a pastor. Sometimes it's a counselor that can walk us through some difficult moments to get us there. And I could have called 100 different friends that I knew would have run to my aid. But sometimes we need to pray to God because he knows the recipe he knows the winning recipe on how to get us out of what we have gotten into. And so I prayed, and he brought to mind this beautiful woman. And sometimes he'll bring to mind somebody you never would have thought to even reach out to. Um, and so that was kind of that way for me. And so I felt God say, call Jen Shippa. She's the head of our intercessory prayer team, and she's an amazing woman and a friend. And I called her, and she said, Stacy, I can meet with you uh, tomorrow. I didn't even tell her all the things, um, she, but she was like, yeah, well, let's just pray. Let's, I'll meet with you tomorrow. So the following day, I meet with her, and I have to tell you, sometimes we read our Bible, and we pray, and we check those things off the list, but what we did in that moment was we waited until Jesus walked into the room. To encounter God, it's not just reciting things, it's not just like clenching our fists and God, I have to hear from you, God. And those moments are good and they happen. But sometimes we gotta take a deep breath, we gotta close our eyes, and we need to encounter Jesus, our Savior. And so we just waited until He came into that room. And when He came, both she and I began to cry because we could feel the presence of the living God. And God knows just how to speak to us and minister to us. And I didn't want a word from a human. I needed to hear from Jesus himself. And then as we began to open up, God made it very clear. And do you know what God did for me? He affirmed where I was at. And he said to me, Stacy, this has been an attack on you. The devil has been running rampant and relentless uh, around you. He's trying to steal your harvest. And I felt 
felt God say to me, but today I'm putting a restraining order on the devil and he's not going to be able to get to you anymore. No longer is he going to come to you in the night. No longer is he going to come in the places of your refuge. I myself, Jesus, am putting a restraining order on him. And then God began to give me a vision of my future. And then God gave me uh, uh, pictures and, and his word that would sustain me and change everything. I'm telling you, when we are broken or there's an area of brokenness in our life, why not go to Jesus? Because he's the one that designed and created us. He definitely knows how to put us back together again. We don't need to go to anyone else. And it has to be, friends, that personal. Because I didn't want a generic word. I needed to know what God was saying to me. And how beautiful that God can do that with every person that seeks him. The Bible says when we seek him, we will find him. Praise Jesus. So today I'm going to walk us through right now three encounters with God. I didn't want to just talk about it and preach about it and teach on it. I want us to experience him. If there's one thing I'm going to speak before I go, it's let us encounter Jesus himself. I don't have fancy enough language. I, don't, I can't preach the best of sermons, but I do know how to connect with the Holy Spirit and let him do what he does, minister to each and every one of us. So I want us all to take a big, deep breath. I want us to shake off the things of the world and what we walked in with, and we're about to encounter Jesus himself. The first encounter is this, encounter Jesus, my Savior. You cannot fabricate an encounter with Jesus. When an encounter takes place, it changes us from the inside out. I don't know how to tell you other than to say, I know what it feels like to not be free, and then I know what it feels like to be totally set free. It is a feeling. It is a heart connection. It is a liberation that God gives us. We have a collision with the truth and the love of God when we recognize Jesus, you died for the whole world, but you died for me. And God, I receive you into my life. I don't want to just know about you. I want to know you. I'm telling you, it's more than a repetition of prayers. It's an encounter with Jesus himself, knowing what he did for us and what he's doing for us and who he is. After an encounter like that, it's like our eyes are open for the first time. Nicodemus, he had lots of questions about what it is to be reborn. What is it like that, you know, often we hear, oh, I'm born again. What does that mean? Nicodemus in the Bible had all those same questions, and I love Jesus because he's a God that answers our questions. There is no question too difficult for our God. Don't bring your questions to the devil. He'll have a heyday. Bring your questions to God, and we will get the answers that we are looking for. And Nicodemus in John 5, 3, 5 through 7, it says, Jesus answered Nicodemus, and he said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit so born by natural birth and born by spiritual birth it says uh, is born of water and the spirit he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God that which is born of the flesh is the flesh that's when we're trying to do everything in our own effort it doesn't matter the 10 ways to get free if Jesus ain't involved it ain't happening our best effort is just that let God do a miracle 
And it says, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I have told you. You must be born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and sanctified. Let me tell you this. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, it is a rebirth because what happens is you're receiving Jesus who died on the cross for your sins. You're recognizing that God is now Lord of your life and you are receiving of the living spirit, the Holy Spirit of God coming on the inside of you. Of course, it's a rebirth because the moment that that happens, let me tell you this. You're now not looking just through your own natural eyes and natural bents and natural filters. You're now, with the Spirit in you, looking through the eyes of your Savior. That's why that prayer, it's so powerful, because in that moment when we open our eyes, the world looks different. The green looks greener. The colors are brighter. Everything begins to shift and change because all of a sudden, we're looking through the eyes of heaven. We're looking through the eyes of Jesus who died to set us free, and everything looks different. Everything feels different. In fact, if you're in this place, right now and you're like you know what Stacy I don't know I, I don't know if I've had that moment I might have prayed a prayer or maybe I never did but I haven't had that encounter where the all-consuming love of God has connected with our spirit would we all just close our eyes right now and for sake of time I'm just gonna have you lift your hand and we're gonna encounter God together and then we'll go on to the next two encounters so in this place if that is you and you're like it's time for Jesus my Savior I need to receive of him I see that hand I see that hand just lift your hands. If you're like, you know what? I need to receive him again. You know that Jesus doesn't stop saving us? We might have gotten saved and it firstly happened, but then our heart has grown cold or, or, or the devil's words have crept in and we need for God to save us again. And he does. He is a good God and a good father. If that's you in this place, would you just lift your hand real nice and high so I can see it? Awesome. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Keep your eyes closed, everyone. And now everyone can lift their hands to heaven. Let's encounter God together. Oh, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you died to restore our relationship with you. I thank you that you died, that we would be set free in every way. And would everyone repeat these words? And as we do, don't let them just be words. Let him seep deep into your heart. Everyone repeat after me. Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me, for raising from the dead three days later with resurrection power to set me free. Thank you for shedding your blood so that I don't have to. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for sending your son to set me free. And thank you, Jesus, for sending the Holy Spirit to give me life and life in abundance. Just stay in that moment. Jesus, meet with us now. Show us the areas of our heart that we are to be saved in and from. Show us those places that have grown cold and let them warm up again. God, minister to each and every one of us that in our own way, we would know you're real to the world, but you're real to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that your blood covers a multitude of sins. All those things that you've been holding on to, just let them go. Let the blood of God cover them. 
the Bible says he makes us to be white as snow. Our purity is restored. Our relationship is restored. And from this point forward, we will see the world and people and love totally different because we're receiving Jesus himself. In your most magnificent, wonderful name, I pray. Can I get an amen? Amen, 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 amen. Yes, yeah, so many people got saved. That's a good thing. Come on. Encountering Jesus. Beautiful. Point number two, encounter God, my Lord. This is the big boy, big girl pants time, okay? Take a deep breath. Not really. Take a deep breath. Let it go. Okay, good. This is where we mature in our Christianity. John 15, 9 through 11, it says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. How do I remain in his love, the Bible says? If you keep my commands. Somebody say, if you keep my commands. You will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made complete. Can I ask this question? Pastor Mike preached beautifully on this the last week. If we're starting to see a loss of joy, could it be because we've broken some of his commands? I know that's a tough question to ask, but it's a beautiful thing to ask of ourselves because the beautiful part in our maturing as a Christian is that we realize when we have fallen short. We realize when we have gotten entangled in things we never meant to, and instead of hiding them from God, we bring them to Him. This is the place where we can ask for forgiveness for something that we have broken. And God is gracious to forgive us our sins so that we don't have love that is fleeting. We remain in his love. We stay in love with Jesus, our Savior. You know what I love about Jesus? He knows what this feels like. He knows what it feels like. Because he did this for us. The Bible says in Luke 22, 42, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. This is the part of our Christianity where we start living his principle over preference. Principle over preference. And my flesh says, I don't want to do that. My flesh says, I want to do that. But you know what we do? We, we conquer our flesh. And instead of just giving ourselves to the things that we used to, this is the place where we receive the strength of the living God to choose Him over those things. That He could set us free in such a way that we are not entangled in those things anymore. Do you know how easy it is for me to go find a guy out in the world? It's not hard. I've had a lot of offers. But it's time to choose principle over those preferences. It's time to let the perfect will of God for my life be that. And it's so rewarding. It's rewarding when we choose Jesus over our flesh. And when we mess up and we don't get it right, we come back to him all the more. We stay in love with our God. Can I get an amen? John 15, 16 said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. 
and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Legacy is talked a lot about right now. I want a legacy. I want a 10x life. Do you know what a great legacy is and how to get one? Keep God's commands. Be the keeper of his word. Live principle of a feeling. And then what does the Bible say? We will have fruit that outlasts us. We will have the most rewarding legacy. I can know when I take my last breath on this earth that there's gonna be so much fruit running around the earth because I gave myself away, because I gave Jesus to people, because when it got hard, I chose God, and now those seeds of blessing are in people, that His Word is what remains in people, that His love is what remains in people, that I can have a legacy that outlasts me. Let's all close our eyes right now. God, oh God, Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you that you are maturing us in our Christianity. I thank you that you are maturing us in our walk with you. And if you're in this place right now and you would say, Stacy, you have located me. It's time. I know the things that I need to let go of, or I know the things that I need to start doing, or I know that I need to go through this journey because over and after the pain, there is Jesus himself ministering to me. You most likely will not go through what I go through. We are all different. We have different DNA. But I know this. We all face challenges. And in those challenges, I am praying that God will give us strength and His grace to prevail. That we don't grit our teeth and bear it. But instead, we open our, our heart to receive the encounter, to receive the love of God that is so expansive and so great that we don't want to serve anyone else but Jesus himself. If that's you in this place, would you just give a wave so I know who I'm praying for right now? Beautiful, lots of people in the room. Wonderful, wonderful. I think this is, this is all a part of all of our journeys. It's a beautiful place to be. We're growing in our Christianity and we're doing it together and I'm so proud of you. So let's all lift our hands to heaven. God, oh God, Lord, I thank you right now. Oh, I feel your presence so strongly in this place. You love people so much that you would not leave us where we are at, that you are a gracious God. And if there's areas of our hearts where we need to ask forgiveness, let's do it. God, oh God, forgive those areas of our lives, oh God. Lord, forgive, God, the, the, the attitude of my heart. Forgive me, oh God, for stepping into things that I, that I shouldn't have, oh God. Lord, I ask for forgiveness for those things. And Lord, we receive right now your grace, your grace that empowers us to make good choices, your grace that empowers us to live the good life, the abundant life that you want to give us. Lord, right now, we, we, we throw away, God, trying just to do it ourselves, and instead, right now, we receive your strength. We receive your word. We receive your spirit. Thank you, God, that you are our helper. Thank you, God, that we're going to make you Lord over our lives. We will serve no one, and nothing compares to you, God. Lord, we put you not at the top, not at the bottom, but at center stage in our life. What does it feel like? What does it look like to have Jesus displayed in all his glory in the middle of your story, in the middle of your life? Oh, what a beautiful God we have. It's actually freeing 
to be surrendered. Like Pastor Mike said, it's victory to surrender. Not my will, but yours be done. And I know this, that it will be a bright and a shiny day when this happens. Thank you, Lord. We receive of you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's give a clap and a cheer to God. How are we doing? We're saved. We made Jesus the Lord of our lives. What's left? Point number three. Encounter the Holy Spirit, our friend. We have now made Jesus our Savior. We have now put the Lord at the center of our life. And now it is time to receive of the Spirit of the living God and to have the Holy Spirit alive and well. We serve a triune God, a three-in-one. It is a miracle. It is supernatural who God is, and He is supernatural to us. John 15, 12 through 15 says this, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's own life for one's own friends. And then Jesus says this, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. Church, when we invite the Holy Spirit into our life, this is now a point in our Christianity where God is inviting us into uh, releasing to us some of the plans, some of the God business, some of the mission that we get to be a part of. He invites us into a place that an immature or, or starting out place might not be where we're able to go. But just like in my own story, where God began to show me a picture of my future, he started to give me some insight. That's what it means when it looks like I am not just doing the work of my father, I am with my father. We're doing it together as a co-mission, as a partnership and it is the Holy Spirit not just around us but on the inside of us. That means that when I went through that potential scam and scheming that is why I had a little, it's not a sixth sense friends it's the Holy Spirit on the inside going, it sounds right, but it's wrong. We go from having a knowledge of God to being invited into His plans. This is the part in our Christianity where we don't hide from God, hide anything from Him. We bring everything to Him because we wanna hear what He says about it. He invites us into that most beautiful place. John in the Bible had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and he fell under the anointing of God and this is what happened. John said this of that encounter, that moment with Jesus, the moment we're about to have. He says in Revelations 1, 17 through 18, when I saw him. Church, what does it feel like when you close your eyes just like we did and we see him? Just like Helen Keller said, when we close our eyes, sometimes we see more clearly because we, we know him. He says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet. I fell at his feet as though dead. 
church falling over sometimes is a beautiful response to encountering the truth and the love of God in such a way that we fall to our feet. It says this, and he placed his right hand on me. What does it feel like to close your eyes, to let Jesus in, to begin to see him, and then actually feel him? What if he puts his hand over our heart and begins to make the ice and the coldness grow warm again? I made a decision years ago when I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that I never wanted my heart to get cold or stone-like ever again. It's why a year or a year and a half ago when I went through this, I knew I needed an encounter with God because I would never go back to that place that I was set free from so long ago. I don't know how to tell you this, church, but when you get set free, you feel it. There is a difference. You know what it feels like to be enchanged and in bondage, and you know what it feels like to be totally and completely set free and to never have to go to that place ever again. The life of the wise winds upward, the Bible says, and it means that even though we go through times in our Christianity where we go through hard times, it doesn't mean we go all the way back to the first place. It just means we go back to the last place and we go from strength to strength as the Bible says says and he placed his hand on me and said so, so, so in those moments God speaks to us himself not just to the whole world and he said do not be afraid do not be afraid that's what God said to me he affirmed me he said you haven't been making this all up you haven't felt like yourself because the devil launched a full-fledged attack. It was real. But I'm about to stand on your behalf. And this is what the Bible says. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last absolute deity, the Son of God and the ever-living one, living in and beyond all time and space. I died, but see, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of absolute control and victory over death and over Hades and the realm of the dead. Could everybody stand to their feet? And can we give a cheer to the most magnificent God for who He is? you come on begin to lift up a mighty cheer God you are good you are faithful oh praise his name just keep standing just close your eyes right now this is the life we get to live with Jesus our Savior our Lord and now our friend God is so beautiful. It says in John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay one's life down for one's friend. This is what Jesus did for us. He died for us and he gave everything so that we could have everything. And we have everything when we have him. Let that sink in. We have everything when we have him. But what about that part that hasn't happened yet? What is that part that I was worrying about? Let him in. Let him into those areas. And then guess the most beautiful thing that happens when we have him on the inside. We're filled to the brim. We have joy coming out. We don't know how or even why. Because it's not natural, it's supernatural. It doesn't make sense 
that God could bring sweetness out of sorrow. It doesn't make sense that, 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 that we could have grief that God turns into beauty, ashes that are turned. How can an ash, the embers of a fire, what looks dead and died, how could that ever come to life again supernaturally through the Holy Spirit? that there is a future beyond what was lost, that we could gain everything because we've gained Him. Oh, Lord, just raise your hands to heaven. God, oh God, we invite you into this place. We invite you into our hearts, oh God. May we walk out of here and never see the same again. May we walk out of here and see through your own eyes that we have received the Holy Ghost. Oh Lord, today we receive of your Spirit. We invite the Holy Spirit in. And if you haven't done that, just do it now. We invite the Holy Spirit into our heart. Come alive on the inside of us. When the Holy Spirit comes in, He brings all kinds of gifts. Lord, we thank you that you bring gifts into our life, oh God. Lord, to help us in our journey and to minister to those that surround us, oh God. I thank you that out of this place will flow the healing of waters of heaven. I thank you that it can only happen an outbreak of healings in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord God, I thank you that salvation is coming to the lost. I thank you, oh God, that we will speak in tongues and languages we did not know, that we will have a prayer language between us, God. Lord, I thank you that you are a supernatural God. And Lord, I thank you that our lives are in your most magnificent, wonderful hands. And Lord, if you could count every hair that is on our head, then you know how to speak. You know how to minister. You know how to take us out of what we have been entangled in. And you know how to set us totally and completely free. God, we commit today to being liberated ourselves and to bring that liberation to those that surround us. May it catch like wildfire, oh God. May we see a revival in our day, in our hour, in our nation, oh God. Lord, we pray, oh God, a revival of your spirit, Jesus, that ignites the word of God on the inside of us, that ignites the spirit of the living God on this inside of us, oh Jesus. Oh, that it would never be put out, God. Lord, that it will go from generation to generation to generation. Oh, let's give God the most magnificent applause right now in the name of Jesus. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.